The preseason is done. Regular season is here. What takeaways from the preseason should we really be focusing on? Here to help me answer that question is Katie Christensen Hunter, former WNBA player, former Sacramento Kings sideline reporter, now Sacramento Kings play or uh, color commentator on the TV broadcast team every single game this season. She is going to be joining me on this special Longtime Kings podcast. We'll talk about all of the major takeaways from the preseason positives, some negatives too. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member, Sacramento Kings media member uh, for the last seven years. This will be my eighth season covering Kings basketball, uh, formerly with KHDK Sports Radio Sacramento now with ABC 10 television in the California capital. And I had the pleasure of working with Katie Christensen Hunter uh, a couple of years back at KHDK when we were on the morning show together. We, uh, just formed a, a friendship that most coworkers form and it's only gotten stronger as the years go on. So when I found out that Katie was going to be the new color commentator replacing Doug Christie uh, to be with Mark Jones and Kyle Draper for this upcoming season and hopefully many seasons to come. I was absolutely elated for her. It's 100% the right decision by the Sacramento Kings. She's an incredible person, an incredible hard worker, and is also so kind with her time uh, that she's always willing to come here on the Locked On Kings podcast. So I was so excited to be able to get her on before the season starts. There's a lot to unpack from this 4-0 preseason for the Sacramento Kings. And no, we're not just going to gush over all of the positives and talk about this team being amazing because they didn't lose a game during preseason. Quite the opposite. We are going to honestly look at at the positives and negatives, and the majority of it is positive based off of what we saw uh, in this preseason. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation that the two of us have. Great stuff on Davion Mitchell. You're going to want to hear some of the stuff that she has to say about Mo Harkless, who we believe is going to be in the starting lineup for the Sacramento Kings. Stuff about Luke Walton, stuff about uh, managing workloads of players like Davion Mitchell, who got shots up after the Laker game, wanting to make sure that he is still the gym rat and the hard worker that got into the NBA, but making sure that he can uh, be successful and be healthy and be ready to go over a course of an 82 game season. Uh, Katie's going to have some great stuff to say about Buddy Heald and his role off the bench. So much in this interview uh, that I think you're going to enjoy and going to want to respond to. If at any point uh, you want to respond to anything Katie and I discuss, please uh, let uh, send any questions or comments takes that you have to me. Uh, you can tweet me at Matt George Sack. You can email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave your uh, your comments and your thoughts down in the comment section below. Without any further ado, here is my conversation with the new Sacramento Kings color commentator, Katie Christensen Hunter. I feel like I'm going to sound like a uh, UFC ring announcer when I do this, but uh, she's a former WNBA player, longtime Sacramento Kings sideline reporter, and now new 
color commentator with uh, with the NBC team here in Sacramento. NBC Sports uh, Bay Area is fortunate to have Katie move from the, uh, the the television booth, which I'm sure you'll be in from time to time, maybe, to now a full time role on the actual broadcast. We got to see you there in action a little bit uh, during the, uh, the the women's broadcast last season. So very, very excited to have uh, Katie Christensen Hunter with me here on the Locked on Kings podcast and with us in our living rooms every single game this Kings season. Katie, congratulations. So happy for you. So excited for you. And I bet you're ready to call some actual meaningful basketball in Portland here in just a few days. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you, Matt. Um, it's been a crazy off season and um, yeah, we're finally kind of getting into some real action here. I don't know though. Last night's, well, I would say uh, Thursday, it was Thursday, correct? <laughs> I can't even keep track of my days of the week, but Thursday's game um, against the Lakers, the final preseason game really did feel like a regular season game. So I think that just a culmination of of kind of what training camp and actually having the first full training camp since Luke Walton has has come to Sacramento and and been at the helm of the squad, um, we're seeing that it's kind of paying off a little bit. A lot of positive stuff from the preseason. So you've experienced an NBA travel schedule. You've also experienced in the WNBA what a full training camp does. And I know Kings fans don't necessarily want to hear excuses, but the last two seasons, the first one with the Kings going to India, and then last season, everything was abbreviated. Like you said, this Kings team, at least with Luke Walton at the helm, they've not had a full training camp. And I don't think it's a coincidence that with a full training camp, we're seeing the team perform and, and have the success that they've had so far in preseason. Can you explain a little bit the significance of a full training camp, especially with the limited amount of practice time during a normal NBA season? Well, it's a culmination of a lot of things, really. I mean, it's it's having the full training camp, in my opinion, but also this is Luke Walton's third year. So uh, you kind of add the, the full training camp to the fact that the majority of this roster is very used to Luke and his system, and he's familiar with them more uh, now than he ever has been. So I think that, that makes a really big difference. But one of the things that I actually really liked about this year's um, training camp and preseason, if you will, is the fact that there were only four games for the Kings. And what that did is it allowed them to actually have more significant practice time on the floor than if you were, say, like the Lakers, who they faced to close out the preseason, who had six games. Now, of course, that probably all comes down to a TV thing for the Lakers because all their preseason games, everyone wants to see them. But that takes away practice time um, and it's how you practice. So I think that that really kind of all of those things mixed into that bag is showing you kind of what the benefits of that has been. And this team looks very cohesive early on, and that's a great sign heading into the regular season. And in addition to that, until the final Lakers preseason game where they play the majority of their best players uh, a good handful of minutes to get them ready for the regular season, uh, we saw De'Aaron Fox, we saw Davion Mitchell, we saw Tyrese Halliburton. When they did play, they played significant minutes. Now, not necessarily starter minutes until the fourth game. I don't think Fox ever got above 30 until that game. But mm -hmm. still, we saw them on the floor during the fourth quarter. We saw Luke Walton hesitate to shut them down until he knew, okay, We've seen enough. Now let's get the the end of the bench and get them a little bit of run. In addition to practice, how important do you think that is for this team to use that that time and maybe risk injury a little bit? Thank goodness nothing happened to this point that we know of. Uh, but to, to use that extra time on the floor in a preseason game to make sure this group is cohesive. Yeah, so we always think about when a game is in hand, it's like, oh, get them out, right? But preseason, that doesn't really apply because what you're trying to do is play them into game shape. And that's not 
only from a conditioning standpoint, because really you can practice as much as you want. You can, you can have breakdowns, you can be on the treadmill, whatever it is, there's nothing that gets you ready like game action and game action specifically against a team other than your own. And so I think that is really what was important about that game is it allowed Luke Walton to kind of test different lineups that he's been using throughout preseason, extend their minutes a little bit and, and against a really, really good Lakers team, obviously a ton of veterans on that team now even though there was a lot of changes with the Lakers in the offseason these guys are seasoned veterans so it's it's a little bit different um, for their point of view in terms of um, they it was very much a real real game for them last night and you could see that they were playing at a very high level and I loved the fact that Luke was still able to mix lineups to get some different looks to test out some different kind of um, combinations on the floor and in different game situations and one of the things about the end of that game to me it's like okay why this is important that De'Aaron Fox Harrison Barnes this group of guys are in there is because one of the best things that you can do to ensure success during the regular season is be really good in the last two minutes of a game. Mm -hmm. And you can recreate that as much as you want in practice with game situations. And as a player, we did it over and over and over again. It's different when you're doing it against a team other than your own that knows everything you're doing, that knows you inside and out. So I think that that was really more the reason why Luke Walton left kind of the main guys on the floor to the basically the very end of the game, the last minute or so. He started making some substitutions, but it's seeing how they work together, how they close out games and to get that experience under their belt. Locked on Kings today is brought to you by a new sponsor, but something that I am already using and that I love. It's called Prize Picks. Have you heard of Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I use this now on a daily basis, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop games on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Doesn't matter player A through player Z at the end of the bench. All of them have prop bets attached to them or are available on prize picks. Prize picks offers uh, any prop that you can think of from points to field goal percentage to rebounds. They have it all. All of our listeners who use our promo code NBA will get a 100% match up to $100 on their first deposit. And how it works is you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing anybody else. No other expert there to take your money. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, that quick. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We got a glimpse of a four guard lineup in the early parts of the fourth quarter in that, that Laker game. And Luke Walton admitted after the game, that wasn't necessarily his plan going into it, but Mo Harkless got a little banged up during the game and he didn't want to, to risk further injury by putting him back in awarded Terrence Davis with those minutes because of how good TD has been, not just in these last couple of games, but throughout uh, this preseason. But it looked like for the most part, the four guard lineup was capable with Rashawn Holmes uh, at that five spot. And then we've of course talked a lot about, 
about uh, three-guard lineup sets, and we've seen stretches of Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell together. We've seen stretches of Fox, Mitchell, or Halliburton, Mitchell, and Buddy Heald together. Terrence Davis working his way in as well. Uh, it, with the modern NBA, what do you think about the, the possibility of these three or even four-guard lineups that the Kings might run this year? Do you think it's an area where not only can be successful for the Kings, but maybe could give the Kings advantages in some ways? Yeah. Absolutely. And so last year, as uh, I know you remember, Matt, but for your listeners and everyone who watches and listens to the podcast, it was uh, a regular occurrence for Luke Walton to close out games with a three guard lineup. And um, and that was during the, the span when the Kings were going, you know, winning seven of eight. And even, you know, even when they were struggling and they went on those nine game losing streaks, he predominantly used that three guard lineup lineup to close out games. And so I think the difference this year and what I liked about what I saw yesterday is the defensive side of the ball. So you can do that. You can you can run out a three or four guard lineup as long as defensively it's not hurting you more than it's helping you, right? And what I liked about when they were on the floor together is that Mike Longobardi, and, and who is new to Luke Walton's staff, who is the kind of the defensive mind behind this group, um, he changed it up a lot. So they would go out and they'd pop out into a zone. And then I, I need to go back and look at the film, but we did this a lot uh, when, when I was playing. You, you can throw all kinds of different things out where you can go out and you can be in either a zone defense for the first two, three passes, and then you switch back to a player to player or vice versa, where you show player to player first, do it two, three, whatever the specific, like specified number of passes is, and then you switch into a zone. What that allows you to do is to really keep the offensive team that you're defending um, off kilter and they don't really know what they're seeing. It's they, they think they see something and then it changes. And so I saw a lot of mixing it up last night with that group in there. And I think that that's something that they can play with more. Well, you talked about defense closing out games. I 100% agree with you. This team trying to uh, close out games using their defense and not just trying to close gaps and, and outscore their opponent at the end of the day. Uh, but if you're talking about defense, of course, you have to talk about Davion Mitchell, who minus the California Classic is is perfect uh, in his time here in Sacramento, 5-0. and oh, and I'm glad Vegas, you're pointing that out. I'm glad you're pointing that out because I've heard it on the radio. I've heard so many people talk about it, about Davion being undefeated in a Kings uniform. I'm like pretty sure that the California classic counts. So mm -hmm. everyone's conveniently, you know, forgetting that, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he had a tremendous summer league in Vegas and this preseason, but yeah, continue. Sorry yeah. for the tangent. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I mean, we, we wish uh, it was absolutely perfect, including those California classic games, but it's been fun including those California classic games to see, Davion's development and his mm. comfort level and even his first preseason game, how he he starts the game and turns the ball over a couple of times and then gets himself comfortable on the defensive end instead mm. of the offensive end, which is very unusual uh, in the modern NBA. Cut to now the fourth preseason game. He's had uh, great opportunities uh, with one-on-one -on -one defense against Paul George in game two against the Clippers. Now he had opportunities in isolation guarding LeBron freaking James. And he says after the game, no, I wasn't starstruck. I'm a competitor. He's a competitor. This is mm. what I do now. I, I belong here. I wanted to get your impressions of Davion because I feel like he's already one of the most most reliable players on this Kings team just because you know what he's going to bring on a nightly basis. Now, that being said, we haven't seen it over an 82-game mm -hmm. season, so that's going to be a little bit different. But just your impressions of Davion. He is so impressive beyond even what I thought after watching Summer League. I mean, 
And that that shows you a lot about him, because since the moment he arrived here in Sacramento, started at the California Classic, going into Vegas for summer league and then preseason, he has continued to improve throughout the whole time. And we hear so much, Matt, about how hard he works and how much he's in the gym. And you see it like offensively, I think, was maybe the biggest question for everybody. And he had some moments during summer league where it's like, okay, he can score if he wants to. And he's capable of getting in. But how is that going to translate against, you know, kind of, you know, the the big clubs? And and when you're not in summer league and you're going against better and experienced NBA superstars, really. Um, and he's been impressive. I mean, his performance in Portland was was fantastic. I mean, he was six of nine, I believe, from from long range and you're showing that he has these elements of his game that are further along offensively than we thought. Now, is it consistent yet? And will that will it be something that we see a lot of? I'm not sure. I mean, that's what he has to prove. And I think as he gets more and more comfortable, we're going to see kind of that litmus test for offensively where he's at. But that what I love about him is he doesn't force anything. So there might be a game where he goes off and he he has points, but it doesn't mean the next game he's going to come out and he's going to try and get up nine threes. That's just not the way he approaches the game. The biggest question mark for me really is, is a positive but a negative. Um, and it, re- it regards how much he's in the gym. That's always a positive thing. It's always a positive thing. However, as a rookie, you don't fully have the ability to comprehend what an NBA 82 game season mm-hmm. does to your body and the impact it has on it. So I hope that, you know, we hear so much about them kicking him out of the gym. That's for a reason. So I hope that he kind of adjusts to that quickly and realizes that there is kind of a limit to what you should do. You might be feeling fine now, but how are you going to be feeling in February or March? And that's, that's just the regular, you know, rookie adjustment to the league. Um, But if, if I, if what I'm thinking and, and gathering from him is any indication, I think he's going to grasp that quickly and where he's going to start putting in even more of his time is in the film room, which as a defensive player is only going to make you better and better. Um, but I will share this little tidbit, Matt. Um, first of all, I hadn't, I, ha- I haven't even met in person yet Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, he's a second year player, but before the game the other night, Mark Jones was sitting on the Kings bench uh, talking to Davion and I went up and introduced myself. He is so even keel. I mean, like it's, he's just the quietest person he's just there to do his job like he was out there sitting on the bench watching other people because it wasn't his time to be on the court yet so that's an indication of kind of how much he loves this game Um, and I'm excited to kind of see how that three guard lineup and those three start to work together Uh, but I already can say that his mentality defensively has shifted this team that is a monumental statement for a rookie coming into their first year in the NBA. So, I mean, my, I, I am so excited to watch him play and develop and not even just him to see the impact that he has on this Kings team, because you can already see it. And I think that's just the scratching the surface. You know, that statement that you just made, that might have been considered crazy maybe uh, a few weeks ago, but then we heard De'Aaron Fox say he's already a top five on-ball NBA defender and he hasn't played a regular season NBA game yet. And so far, from the looks of it, uh, he he's backing that up. Kitty, I'm so glad that you brought up the 
that workload over an 82 game season. Cause the, the best compliment, I guess I could give this Kings roster that is it's filled with gym rats, guys that are just constantly going to be working guys that you have to kick out of the practice facility more than you have to drag in and get them to buy in uh, a perfect example. After playing 30 plus minutes in the Laker game, the other night, Davion Mitchell is out getting shots up. Uh, and I asked Luke Walton after the game, I said, do you encourage that? Or are you going to have to at some point step in and kind of reel that back a little bit because it's an 82 game season. He's a rookie and every rookie talks about hitting a wall. Eventually De'Aaron Fox has talked about it. Everybody hits a wall. Eventually no one is game. immune. Right. No. Exactly. And Luke, I, I, I understood Luke's answer. He said, no, we encourage it. And basically what he says was Davion's going to get tired during the regular season, just like everybody gets tired. And we have the guard depth. We have guards that'll, the, that'll help pick him up at that point. How do you feel about a response like that? Because I understand what he's saying, and I do agree the depth of this team is significantly better. But at the same time, too, with how important Davion is defensively, if he's hurt or he's tired, he's not ready to go, that could have a drastic effect on this team. I think given his mentality, there's never going to be a moment where he's not ready to go. And um, there are plenty of players in this league that can have something that is sore and be like, I'm not available tonight. And then there's people that play through everything. And I, I have to give Diana Tarazi a shout out. Um, yep. it, I mean, that's my former teammate. I've been watching the finals, watched throughout the playoffs. This is somebody that is playing with a high ankle sprain, can barely walk, and a broken bone in her foot. And she's out there and she's playing. And that is to say that some players are built differently. And I think Davion is built differently to his core. So yes, he's going to get tired, but that's also part of his experience. His first year in the league, Matt, is that he has to figure out that in those moments, there's more in your tank than you think. And so the, the being in the gym, it's a positive. I understand Luke Walton not wanting to kick him out because you don't want to kind of take away such a mentality that is a gift as a coach and to a player. Um, but it's going to be up to Davion to really be the judge of knowing his body and feeling his body. And I think one of the positive things about Davion is that he's a four-year college player coming mm -hmm. in. You know, he's older. He's not in that. By the way, I don't know if you remember way back during the draft, people were saying that that was a negative because he was older. And this is just an example of how that extra time in college is beneficial because he is more aware of his body and what his body is capable of doing. And so I think that given those elements, I agree with Luke. I understand why they're not going to discourage it. You can't, it's walking a fine line. Um, you have to leave it up to Davion to really be able to, to know his body well enough to know where his limits are and when he maybe needs to back off a little bit. And when you can change the type of work you're putting in, but still getting work. Locked on Kings is brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who just spends a lot of time sitting at a computer and wanting to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help you. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet 
as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. I use this on my shoulders and my back after a long day of work or just sitting at a computer. My wife used it almost every day throughout our pregnancy. She swears by it. I do too. And Theragun is not just used by the two of us. Of course, it's used by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Shapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and of course, myself. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. That's therabody.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. The Kings have another guy on their roster who, like Dave Young, absolutely loves the game, understands what it takes to uh, to stay healthy and to stay ready. His availability is one of the biggest assets that he has, and that's Buddy Heald, who did miss a game uh, during preseason and may have missed one game last season. It was the first game he missed for the Kings in either all time or, or in quite some time. Buddy Heald is just always available. Now yep. he's he's had- You can't get buckets if you're on the sideline. Absolutely. Yep. And he, and he <laughs> his mentality, you could also see in like, if there's a timeout called or a foul called and he's asking for the ball from the referee just so he can get a shot up, even if it's on the wrong side of the floor. It's just who Buddy Heald is uh, as a player. And he's had different roles here in Sacramento. He's come off the bench. He's been a starter. It looks like his main his main role this season is going to be that bench volume scorer, volume shooter type role, which we've seen him have success in in the past. But that also just speaks to the depth of this team. Tyrese now in his rightful spot, in my opinion, starting at the two-guard spot next to De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I just wanted to get your feedback on Buddy Heald in that spot and the depth of this team overall, how it's a, a definite advantage compared to last season. But also it's a tough problem for Luke Walton to try and figure out where these minutes are going to go. Yeah. So before I answer your question to your point about Buddy and picking up the ball and always wanting it, I don't know if you caught it on the sideline in the game in Portland in preseason where he did sit out. That was the game he was sitting out for rest. And, mm -hmm. and really those situations are more so that Luke can get a look at some other guys. Mm -hmm. There was a timeout. The ball came over to him. He's in full street clothes, grabbed the ball and shot it. That's so Buddy healed. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I will say this about Buddy. Um, I am a big fan of his and there are plenty of people who locally in the media want to say um, some pretty negative things about Buddy. And, and I understand where they're coming from um, to a certain degree, but it's not going to change the way that I look at Buddy Hill. Uh, I'm, I think him coming off the bench, the way that he has seemed in preseason and I've talked one on one with Buddy and Buddy's Buddy's good, Buddy's happy. He's good. Uh, he's still going to get minutes. Tyree started the game against the Lakers, but he played way more minutes off the bench, but he played well. Um, and I, I think that, you know, for him, it's more about being a little bit more advanced in his career, realizing that he has value, whether it's in a starting lineup or coming off the bench. And he will go get his shots up. Luke Walton is saying the more the better. So that's something it's like, okay, us sitting on the sidelines and people talking behind microphones can say, oh, that's too many for him to get up so many and so many minutes. And it's like, listen, if Luke Walton has a problem with that, Luke Walton will sit him right down next to him. This team is not loaded with three point shooters in a league that is loaded with three point shooters. OK, so Buddy has a very specific role on this team. And as long as he and Luke Walton are on the same page, that's all that matters. 
We can talk about whatever. You can analyze his game and break it down. But what he is being asked to do, he is doing. And if that was not the case, he would either not be in a Kings uniform or he would not be on the floor. So I think that is important to point out. And, you know, there were some things he did against the Lakers that I liked. He put the ball on the floor. He got into the paint. Um, he had some nice little floaters, some looks inside. I want to see more of that from Buddy. Mm -hmm. He's capable of it. He's perfectly capable of it. And if he shoots the way that he does, and we expect him to, there's a whole nother series of things that he can get out of that, out of the fact that he's a tremendous three-point shooter. It opens up those those lane drives, those floaters, and getting to the free throw line. I would like to see Buddy welcome that. When people are coming out and they're they're hard, you know, coming out with the with the um, you know, the show in his face when he's got the ball on the three-point line, good. They're doing that for a reason because you've proven that you're a shooter there. Now go to the next step in your evolution, which is get to the free throw line by getting inside, getting a little floater, even a little pull-up. He's a tremendous player. And I actually think defensively is the biggest question I have for him this year because this is a team now that seems very dedicated to defense. And from what I've seen, Buddy Heald has made strides. He made strides last year. Now, listen, they're not monumental. They're not, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very in touch with reality, um, but he has made strides. And as long as he can become a good team defender and not mm -hmm. a liability, mm -hmm. that's all you can ask for out of him. Because there's plenty of guys in this league that all they do is shoot threes and they'll be on the floor because of that, despite being a liability on the other end. So Buddy works hard. He's constantly in the gym. He worked out all offseason to try and add these elements to his game. Now let's give him an opportunity before we chastise him for what he is not to see what progress he has made. Every NBA player, including LeBron James, including, you know, go down the list of superstars in this league, no matter who it is, their job is to add something every offseason. Give Buddy a chance to show that. Former MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo couldn't shoot the three ball when he came into the league and now mm -hmm. is, and he's still working on it, still trying yep. to expand that uh, part of his game to your point. Uh, I mean, there's a, a ton of guards on this roster. There are also a ton of centers, a ton of bigs on this roster. I want to ask you about two new centers in particular. One is fairly new and that's Alex Len, who spent a short stint with this Kings team a, a couple of seasons ago. And I love Alex Len because he does one thing that I don't see enough in the modern NBA that drives me crazy. And that set good, solid screens that create separation for guards, especially when you have guards on your roster like Fox or Halliburton or Mitchell, or even Buddy, who only need a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of space to be at their peak effectiveness. Someone like Alex Len, who has that big body to set a hard screen in addition to protect the paint a little bit is a huge asset. And then there's the Tristan Thompson edition, which initially I'll, I'll, I'll admit I was very confused by because I liked what DeLon Wright did. I know there are a lot of bigs already on this roster. Rashawn Holmes wasn't re-signed yet, but we knew he was a target. I was very con uh, confused with the Tristan Thompson acquisition, but by media day, the man won me over with the leader that he's become for this Kings team already. And, and I've said it before, I, I feel like you can see and hear in the way Tristan Thompson talks and acts the effect that playing with LeBron James has had on him from his time in Cleveland. What are your thoughts on those two guys, how they can help on the court? And in the case of Tristan Thompson, how he can help off the court? Yeah. So I'll speak to Alex Lynn first. Um, there's really just three things that Alex Lynn needs to do um, to be valuable to this team. The first most important, and I agree with you, is setting screens. That is so critical, especially when you have the talent level on the perimeter 
um, that the Kings have. If you can make their job a little bit easier, and I would like to see, like even Buddy Heel going back to that conversation, um, if he could get even a second to get a clean shot off mm. on the three just off of a pick and roll, that would be tremendous. Alex Lynn is capable of providing that. The next step is Buddy Heald has to learn how to wait for a screen so that he can really utilize that talent around him. Um, and then the other two things for Alex Lynn, be a force inside in the paint and rebound the basketball. That's all you need to do. That's all they're asking him to do. And, and he is more than capable. That is his wheelhouse. He can provide that. There was something that happened against the Lakers. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember which player it was. I Was it Harrison that went down really hard? I think it was in the second half of the game. Um, yes, it was. It was the the Dwight Howard. They, I believe we're looking at it to see if it was a flagrant one mm -hmm. or a flagrant two, that foul um, where he came down with his arms over Harrison's head. Alex Lynn immediately got involved in that situation. We've talked about it. People have had issues with the fact that the Kings seem too nice, too soft. There's no one out there to stick up for guys. Alex Lynn can be that guy. So I'm down with that. Um, when it comes to Tristan Thompson, I was confused as well in the beginning. I mean, I understood it from a theoretical standpoint. It's like, okay, um, this is something that Monty McNair is looking at. It's never a bad thing to bring in someone that um, has value to teams that are in a playoff run at the end of the season. He's on an expiring contract. It's a tool. It's a piece. Mm -hmm. um, and if they can get something valuable out of him while he's here, then absolutely, let's go for it. And um, I think we all uh, missed that one important element. Tristan Thompson actually is a very good leader, and he's a vocal leader, and he's a positive leader, and that's something that this Kings team has had in, in very short supply. Harrison Barnes is a tremendous leader in the locker room. He's very quiet and reserved on the court. Tristan Thompson is more of a vocal leader. It comes naturally to him, not to mention the fact, Matt, He's been through the same process the Kings are going through right now, rebuilding. Mm. He knows what it's like to be in the bottom rung of the league, to be working, to get better. And he knows what it takes to actually be able, uh, in addition to signing LeBron James, to get to the point where you're contending for a championship. So those are important things that he brings. Um, what, happen what happens with him this season? I don't know. Well, we have to wait and see. Because it doesn't take away from the fact that, yes, expiring contracts are always something you look at come the trade deadline. If you go back to when Iman Shumpert was here, he was one of those people, and I liken Tristan Thompson and what he's done early on to the impact Iman Shumpert had early on with the Kings. And then you remember Iman Shumpert got traded at the trade deadline, and the locker room was very upset mm -hmm. because he did have an impact, even though the impact was not necessarily what we saw on the floor. Final thing, Katie, uh, we are uh, five days away now, I think, or four days away, whatever it is. Uh, from Wednesday, the, yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Kings and Portland Trailblazers. And we'll finally get our answer as to what Luke Walton's starting lineup is going to be. However, I don't expect it to be the starting lineup throughout the season with how good or how much depth this Kings team has. I wouldn't be surprised if it changes from time to time right. as well as the rotations. Uh, but Luke Walton did share with us that uh, he wouldn't commit to the starting five that we saw against the Lakers as his starting four, five, but I have a hunch that that is going to be the group with Mo Harkless playing the four and, and Harrison Barnes playing the three. Mo was an acquisition last season. The Kings brought him back this uh, this offseason, which I think was fantastic. I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on the two of them playing alongside each other. That's really the only wing depth that this Kings team has for the most part, so you're using both of them uh, in the starting lineup. It gives you a little more versatility. Mo provides a little more 
more defense and you don't necessarily need as much offense with the other pieces in that starting five. Rashawn Holmes at the five, Fox and Halliburton out there as well. So what do you think about that group and specifically that Mo and, and Harrison dynamic? Well, first of all, Mo Harkless, I mean, rather Harrison Barnes to me is the least, he gets the least amount of attention on this yes. team. Yes. And he might deserve the most because he is the one person that you can rely on to go out there every game and give you the exact same thing. Defense, offense. And that doesn't matter if he's playing at the three, at the four, sometimes the five. He figures out a way to produce every single night. So I cannot say enough about Harrison Barnes' game. Um, and when it comes to Mo Harkless, I actually really, really liked the signing in the offseason of bringing him back. And I think that that was along with Terrence Davis. I mean, those were moves that were made at the trade deadline last year. Um, I don't think people really knew what, you know, if that was going to be something that was a long term thing. And then people look at like, well, we didn't really make a lot of changes in the offseason. You know, Monty McNair, you know, signed back Mo Harkless and Terrence Davis. But that was a move that had just been made technically. So that just tells me he got that move right. And Mo Harkless, I think, has a lot, a lot to offer. And I really didn't realize it until um, against the Lakers, because that's my first time. Because as you remember last year, Matt, we were broadcasting games either from a studio or mm -hmm. up on the concourse. Mm -hmm. That's my first time being down on the floor right there with Mo Harkless. I severely underestimated his value. I was blown away at how long he is and how much space he can cover on the defensive end. He contested corner threes, you know, against the Lakers that I was, I, I was shocked that he even got there let alone to truly contest and cause a missed shot. Um, so the defensive component, and he, especially in his time in Portland, is one of the best pick-and-roll defenders on the perimeter that you can ask for, and statistics bear that out. Um, and then, you know, he kind of went to Miami, and his role was diminished, and people kind of forget what people are capable of. Mm -hmm. This is just us seeing what Mo Harkless is capable of, given the opportunity to have that time out there. And then if he can knock down a three every once in a while, get to the free throw line, do the little things, which he is is you know well aware that that's what they need from him and more than capable of providing it he serves a really really great purpose to me so you know when it comes to that starting lineup I, I like those two in it um and I have no problem with seeing that the one question that leaves is that's really putting um Mo Harkless at the three and and Harrison Barnes at the four which means you're going with a small lineup and I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I don't think that I, I truly think where Harrison has the biggest advantage and where he is the best for him is at that three spot because last year he was having a career year and where it kind of started to drop off a little is when injuries happen and he moved to that four spot. It took away all of his advantages. He was still doing the same things he was doing, but now he's defending fours. Now he's having to play against, you know, a power forward that has the size. He's not able to post them up the same way with the same frequency, but he was still ultra productive. But if that's how Luke Walton goes, I I'm, I'm good with that. Um, but the elephant in the room, Matt, I'm sure you know what it is. Marvin Bagley. Mm -hmm. So given what I've seen in the preseason, and this is my personal take, I haven't talked to anyone. I don't have inside knowledge. 
I think, you know, with his contract having to be situated coming up here right before the regular season starts, so I believe they have to have it kind of extended or pick up the option or whatever you want to call it by um, Tuesday um, before the season starts on Wednesday, I think there's a possibility that's not picked up. Mm. And that tells you what the plan is for Marvin Bagley. And I'll say this. I think he has a ton of potential. I think he has a long career ahead of him. Um, sometimes, you know, you have to go through these rough patches as a player to really figure it out. And when I say figure it out, it means sometimes you need to be humbled a little bit. And those around you need to be humbled a little bit. And so um, we'll see what the Kings plan is for Marvin Bagley very soon. And it's very potential, like he can be on this team and maybe not getting much, much burn. So we'll see. The Bagley storyline is going to be one of many storylines that are going to be very fun and interesting to follow throughout this season. It's almost here. And as an added bonus, we get a full King season with Katie Christensen on the broadcast, <laughs> which is so exciting. Katie, thank you so much for making time here on Locked on Kings. I'll have to steal you away at some point during your busy schedule during the regular season, but congratulations again. So happy for you. So excited for you. Brings an added uh, dynamic to the broadcast that we didn't realize we needed until we got some of it uh, in small doses last season. So now we get a full season of it very excited about that thank you for coming on we'll do it again very soon it's my pleasure and matt you have my phone number and you know i'd, I'd do anything for you what a pleasure to have katie join me here on the locked on kings podcast can't wait to do it again can't wait to hear her on the broadcast for every single one uh, of these uh regular season and hopefully kings playoff games uh, i'm so excited for her and i can't wait to have her back we for sure will have her on Locked on Kings at some point during the regular season. Remember, any responses that you have to our conversation, tweet them to me at MattGeorgeSack, email them to me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com, uh, or uh, you can send them to me if you're watching on YouTube in the comment section down below. Thank you for your support. Another great week. Next week, we start Kings regular season basketball. I'll have a Kings and Trailblazers preview with Mike Richmond of the Locked On Trailblazers podcast, plus a whole lot more game recaps and then some. So get ready for regular season coverage right here on your home of Sacramento Kings talk. Of course, that is Locked On Kings. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.